I just wish, okay, can you imagine, like, being a cat or a dog and, like, everything you stand on is so much fluffier than it is as a human. Like, if you jump on a big pile of blankets as a dog, you don't weigh that much, so it's not like you fall right down to the ground. But, like, as a person, you lay on a pile of blankets and, like, your hip bone is touching the floor. But, like, as a cat, you weighed six pounds. That's just like you're in a my cloud. My cat weighed 19. Okay, well, so my cat weighed different. six and my other cat It's like dropping 10. a bowling ball on the floor. <laughs> but heavier. Yeah, that is heavier than any bowling ball I've ever used. Oh, my God. And instead of a bowling ball, it's just a lump of jello. He was so cute. What a good cat. <laughs> he was my best friend and soulmate. No big deal. Oh no, I brought it back down. <laughs> this time we're like, we're not going to talk about sad stuff. Remember no. when my cat died? Yeah. We should probably introduce ourselves. Oh, right, right. Who are you? I'm Heather. And I'm Tanya. And this is You're, You're weird. weird. I don't even, I'm not prepared for this and I'm excited. I know. I haven't prepared you. Okay. This is a sex question. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Can you describe for me your sexual awakening? Yes. Oh my God. Tell me everything. Okay. It's part two of the masturbation story. Oh my god, I didn't realize it when was a part When things really kicked into gear, and I understood that it was sexual, what we were doing. Right. <clears throat> so I told you about friend one, mm-hmm. who accidentally showed me how to masturbate. Yes. Um, you and told then me I that mentioned, you... yes, that I ruined friend number two. And we two, never got into and it. And it was a sex ring. So here's friend number two. Oh my god. She lived out in the country, and so whenever we hung out together, it was always a sleepover because it's just so far away. Right. Um, And it was like wintertime. I was over there, and this wasn't long after we started humping pillows (laughs) at friend one's house. Um, The pillow humping, right. But friend two had a younger brother, and I think he was two or three years younger than us, and he also had a friend over for a sleepover. Mm -hmm. So the four of us were there at once. And I do not know where I got this idea, but I could tell (laughs) Lenny just sighed so heavily like, oh my God, would you just shut the fuck up and pet me already? (laughs) Uh, We were out sledding, we came back inside, and we naturally had to strip our down to our underwear basically because our clothes were just soaking wet. Mm -hmm. And um, I could tell that her brother was like, checking me out and I loved that power that I had (laughs) so I decided to do a burlesque show for them oh essentially my god um so I was in my underwear and nothing else I put on my winter coat and then I basically (laughs) did a strip tease for them and took off my winter coat oh my god but it got worse wait how old were you at this point I don't remember. It was probably the same school year. Yeah. As the humping pillows. Okay. To be young and so confident again that you're just going to do a strip tease. Like, what yeah. I wouldn't do to, like, go back to have that young self-confidence. 
Yeah, I I saw that what I had was in demand suddenly, and I was going <laughs> to use that to my benefit. I don't know what I got out of that except drunk with power. Drunk with power, that's all you needed. Yeah. So I decided it should be like a full burlesque show, and my friend should participate too. Oh. And so we both did a strip tease, For her and brother. I was very competitive. And I was, like, determined to win the striptease to be, like, the more popular one. And I was also always more developed than other girls in my mm-hmm. class. That probably had more to do with it. But uh, we both did a striptease, and then we did, like, an, op- an applause meter to see who would win. Oh, and no. and I accepted the award. Did you? Of best striptease. Have a speech. <laughs> uh, but they ordered an encore. And when I went back to do it a second time and I was like really on top of my game at this point, I just won a prize, basically. (laughs) And I was like, I am the best strip teaser. So I get out there and I and I peel off my jacket again and her mom walked in at that moment and I am standing there in front of her son and his friend and her daughter. I have never been so ashamed of myself. I it tore me up like I think that was the first time that I experienced such intense shame that I was like I cannot go on oh my god I wrote her an apology letter and basically I know it was awful it was like such like looking back on it it was such a an innocent kid thing to do like just experimenting with boys and girls but I remember how I felt like I fucked up my whole life in that moment and she would never trust me again uh yeah I wrote her an apology and she called me yeah she called me and just said it's okay sweetie oh <laughs> oh, that's a good mom. And I'm sure, you know, after she hung the, the phone, she's like, none of you can see you. You'll never see that Tanya girl again. She's riffraff. I count that as a sexual awakening. That's amazing. I never could have expected it to be that good. Okay, so when I was a kid, my dad used to read us books, and obviously he read The Lord of the Rings to us when we were kids. Obviously. Um... <laughs> Um, so he read The Lord of the Rings to me when I was like eight or nine, like right before the movies came out. We were in the middle of the third book when they announced that they were making the movies and we got super excited. My brother and I had been listening to my dad read them to us. But when we saw the first movie, I was in love with Legolas. Like I just... Which one is that? He's the blonde elf. Who plays him? Orlando Bloom. Oh, yeah. Right. So Everyone like, flipped out about Orlando. Bloom everybody for a long was time. super into him, and I was like in love. Like I have this big imagination that like every day at school, Orlando Bloom was at school with me, and nobody knew about it but me. And it was like <gasps> I had like an imaginary Orlando Bloom boyfriend, but it wasn't Orlando Bloom. It was Legolas the elf. Like I just was really into Orlando Bloom as Legolas. I was like probably nine or ten. I love like I would be walking down the hall by myself, and I would be like, but my boyfriend Legolas is actually really with me. Like. I had this whole, like, pathetic little fantasy world. But one of our friends, we had this conversation. Basically, you know that you've, like, grown up or, like, reached adulthood when your, like, man crush from Lord of the Rings goes from Legolas to Aragorn. Like, goes from the baby face blonde to the, like, rugged, bearded, sexy man. That's when you know that you've peaked. Like, (laughs) you know that you've grown up and you're no longer a child because now you've got the hots for Aragorn. (laughs) Because I remember my mom thought he was so attractive, and I was like, ew, he's so gross. And now I'm like, mm, give me some of that. That is where I am. 
But anyway, yeah, so my legless boyfriend probably lasted for, like, an entire school year. I think I was in the fifth grade, fourth grade. Oh. And, like, I had a Lord of the Rings calendar, but I never switched it from, like, November or whatever, whatever month Legolas was. I had a beta fish. I named it Legolas. I was madly in love. And then right after that, my love was Rupert Grant, who played Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies, which he's not, like, super attractive, but I just loved Ron's character. So then I made everything, like, went from Legolas to, like, Rupert Grant. And, like, I had a whole bulletin board in my room that I just covered in photos of him. And then I loved it. And I still have this thing for gingers. And I think it's because I always loved Ron Weasley as a kid. Oh, wow. I don't know. I feel like by fifth grade I had moved on from boys. And I was, like... Are you kidding me? I was, like, discovering boys. Yeah, I had moved past that. (laughs) And I was ready to be king of the world, basically. (laughs) My fifth grade experience was all over the place. Well, I changed schools in fourth grade, and that's always a rough transition. Yes. I mean, I've heard other people say, like, actually, it was opposite. Like, I had a shitty experience at one school, and then I changed schools, and it got better. I think that was you, right? Yeah, but then I had to go back to my old school, and that triggered a deep depression. (laughs) Yeah, that's a real thing for kids. That was really hard. I guess my actual first real hard crush was this kid in class and you know how like in grade school everything's in alphabetized order from last name like our cubbies were always next to each other our backpacks were always on hooks next to each other Mm -hmm. because our alphabetically we were next to each Mm -hmm. other and it was it was like fate for me I was like God is telling us to marry each other I would like slip notes into his backpack professing my love but not signing my name (laughs) and uh which was super convenient because it was always right next to mine (laughs) we would always line up in alphabetized order and uh so I got to stand next to him a lot and he was really funny and he was objectively very attractive like all the girls had a crush on him right not just me but I was convinced that we were meant to be together he Uh just needed to come to the realization on his own yeah And we started to be friends. Like, I think he liked me as a friend, Mm -hmm. which was very confusing for me. And uh, one time on on the playground at recess, he said he had a crush on this this other girl. Heartbroken. And I was like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) And secretly dying inside. And then he said, will you go tell her that I like her? And I was like, no. ultimate betrayal. Oh, you're <laughs> And I said, heart. I just said, no, you tell her yourself. Good. And then he pushed me into a mud puddle. Oh. It was a rough day for me. That's tough. I tried to make him jealous by dating other boys in my class that were awful. Do you remember what that was like dating? Like, you called it like date, like your boyfriend or your girlfriend or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we would walk to the store and buy candy together. Like, oh, you that, actually that like went places. Like, we would talk to each other on the playground and that was a thing. I remember my first, like, I hugged a boy and I was in sixth grade. I was too old for that to be like my boyfriend. Oh, no, I was in fourth grade. I lied. Anyway, I can, like, tell you the names of, like, all the boys I had crushes on. My kindergarten crush was named Andrew. My first grade crush was named Evan. I don't know Andrew anymore. But his older brother was my brother's best friend, and our parents were friends. And, like, we went to their house to, like, watch a lamb being born, and I'm still traumatized. I was in kindergarten. And then my first grade crush, Evan, he ended up going to a different school a few years later. And 
he got hot. Like, he's still pretty good looking. Super cute. I don't know. He got hot. He got hot. In fourth grade, I had to change schools a week before Valentine's Day. Oh, honey, no. That and sucks. And I was so looking forward to getting a Valentine from my secret crush, even though it was, like, required that you give Valentine's to everyone. I was, like, gonna hold it to my heart and pretend like he actually <laughs> wrote it. So, like, no matter what it said, I would read into it too much. <laughs> He's like a Rugrats, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and then and then we changed schools two weeks before the Valentine's party, and I was devastated. And my teacher knew I was devastated about it. I probably cried. <laughs> at I would have questioned if you were a kid. Uh, and then, but my teacher was super sweet and she had all the kids still make Valentine's for me and she Aww. mailed them to me. And I remember sitting on our living room floor before everything was even unpacked, mm-hmm. having just the worst mixed emotions because one, we got Nickelodeon, which we didn't have in the other town Ugh. and that was life changing. But then also reading all these Valentines from all the friends that I would never see again. And which isn't true. And uh, oh, really? Cause I and never... my crush. I mean, I, we moved like 15 miles away. Oh, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and I got a Valentine from him and I, I saved it for years, but I was just weeping openly <laughs> on the sitting on the living room with my Valentine spread oh. all around me. Like, what is my life? Um, you were such a deep kid. Jesus. Yeah. That was a rough transition. I, really really did not want to move I felt like it was it was very disruptive for me and my brother and I remember being terrified of showing up to school and my first day of school I had to walk alone to school and I still resent my parents for that for making me walk to school on my first day and my cat followed me and I got further and further away from my house, and I was terrified that this cat wouldn't know where to go. Like, he would get lost. We just moved here, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't stop following me. And I was sobbing and, like, begging him to go home. Oh. And, like, it's, like, a really dramatic movie where they're like, it's I'm doing this for you. Just get out of here. It's like in Game of Thrones where she's throwing rocks at her wolf. Have you watched that show? Probably not. Okay, never mind. Uh-uh. Well, she no. throws her ro- rocks at this wolf because she knows they're going to kill it. If it's exactly it like that. And it's just, like, like heart-wrenching. And then that's how yeah. I'm feeling right now. I cried to all the way to school. And uh, as soon as I got there, I went to the office and, like, was bawling and telling them that they needed to call my mom because I was worried about my cat. my cat. And they're like, oh, this kid, great. Already. <laughs> <laughs> I also had prepped myself. I was convinced that I was going to show up to school on the first day with an Australian accent. Oh. Th- that this was my, ch- like, I was trying to find the silver lining. I'm like, this is my chance. To reinvent myself yep. as an Australian. <laughs> I had never even attempted an Australian. It's I hard still to can't do an Australian yeah, accent. I can say, that's not a knife. Oh, my God. That's it, though. Oh, my God. That's not a knife. <laughs> That's all I got. Where? I can do an Irish accent with one phrase, too. Do it. Which is, for fuck's sake. <laughs> for fuck's sake. That's all you need for an Irish yeah. accent. It makes me feel better no matter what's happening. That is. I can just say, for fuck's sake. I'm going to start calling you to say that to me because <laughs> I can't. I'll be like, Tony, I'm in a really bad spot. I just need you to Irish me right now. I need you to Irish me just real fast. That's all. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. But I chickened out. I couldn't do it. Um, Thank God. Can you imagine trying to keep up? Oh, yeah. I was bullied right off the bat. Like, no hesitation already. Everyone hated me. So I'm glad I didn't make it worse for myself by attempting an Australian accent. But those kids were dumb. They probably wouldn't know the difference anyway. Probably not. But it took a. I think that changed things. I like 
being 100% rejected by all of my classmates right off the bat, I was like, I can't have crushes on people here. I'm, I don't belong here. Right. And then by fifth grade, I was a business mogul. <laughs> it's true. Damn, I wish I had spent my uh, younger years in a more productive manner. I was using boys. Whenever I've noticed it started young, like if I ever felt rejected, I would try to get ahead of the situation by like being in charge of something. And so I was, I was bossing people around fucking mm-hmm. all the time. Just if there was any group project, I just oh. assumed I would be the leader God, of the project. Me too. I was so mean to people yeah. too. But it, it came from this place of feeling like I no one liked me and yep. I was being rejected, so I was just going to control them. Yeah. And we did this, like, I don't know if you did this. We had toothpicks and glue, and we were split up into, the whole fifth grade class was split up into teams where you, like, work on a building a bridge together and each person on the team had a specific role like there was the architect there was um the treasurer the i don't know what the fuck i was essentially the project manager Mm -hmm. self-appointed of course and (laughs) and everyone else on my team was like i don't give a shit so they just (laughs) let me do it but then i started bossing them around too much and they went on strike. Oh my god. My entire team went on strike, and (laughs) the way the game's designed, it's, like, meant to make you work as a team. So, like, the treasurer, if they're on strike, I don't have access to money, which means I can't buy supplies, which means the building is at a halt. Oh my god. It's like real life. (laughs) You gotta treat your employees well. (laughs) I went to the fifth grade teacher, and I was like, they just refuse to work. They can't do that. I can't fail this project because these idiots don't want to work. <laughs> and he, swear to God, was just like, that's how it goes. Oh, my God. Figure it out. You've got to apologize. And he was right, but I was, like, outraged. I'm like, you're an adult. Yeah. I'm not the this. adult. <laughs> you, you clean up my mess. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we did eventually get our group back together after I relinquished my duties as project manager. Got the band back together, but yeah. you had to step down. <laughs> yeah, and in the same year, like, that wasn't enough of a hint. Like, you got to chill the fuck out, dude. <laughs> then... I decided that there needed to be a school newspaper for the grade school. Oh, no. I was like, I'll be the editor, obviously. Obviously. And I was like, I need a team of people. And I really thought, I was very strategic. I was like, I'll get the popular girls Mm -hmm. because then people will actually read it and Mm -hmm. care about it. But they didn't like me, so I really had to work on them and convince (laughs) them that they would be, like, equal partners and, you know, that they would have some creative control (laughs) And uh, they were like, oh, we can do fun quizzes and, like, gossip columns. And I'm like, hold up. No, this is about the news. This is about relaying information. But they took it and ran with it. And then they fired me as editor of the newspaper that I created. Again, went to the same fifth grade teacher and he was like, that's what happens. He probably was, like, watching from afar and he was like, she's just digging herself into hole after hole. Yep. That's accurate. Amazing. It didn't stop me. It just continued all through grade school until I finally hit deep, deep depression in junior high, and then that killed my motivation. Thank you, depression. (laughs) 